Praise God. We'd like to welcome everyone tonight. If you are a guest and I haven't seen you here before, it's great to have you worshiping with us this evening. Amen. If you are watching us on theantioch.com, we welcome you this evening to our broadcast. We're glad that you've tuned in tonight to join us. Amen. Praise God. If you're physically able to stand, if you would stand tonight in honor of the man of God who's been here a few times now, so we're getting to know him. He's been a great addition to our church board of trustees. Great man of character, great godly man, a great man of wisdom. And the few times he has had the opportunity to minister here, he has given some fresh and timely words. And so we're so happy tonight to have with us from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Bishop Sharp. Bishop Sharp, would you come minister to us tonight? Hallelujah. Give that to Jesus. Hallelujah. God, you're good. Amen, amen. You can be seated for just a few minutes here. It's good to see you tonight. It's good to be in Maryland. It's cold here. My trees are bloomed. All of my fruit trees are in full bloom. I have got leaves all over the place around my house. Your lows are, are, are or your highs are our lows. <laughs> it's different over here, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm glad to be here, even if it is a little chilly. It's warm in the house. Amen. I feel a good presence of the Holy Ghost. I want to give honor to your bishop, uh, Brother Wright. What a great man, Sister Wright. What a wonderful lady. Give honor to your pastors and, and uh, Brother Joel, Brother David. I'm so glad he's doing better. And uh, Brother Moat, God bless you. Good to see you again. And everybody here, amen. And uh, it's just a delight to be here tonight. Looking forward to our parenting conference. And uh, I will give you a lot of good, good practical teaching on Saturday dealing with raising kids from toddler up uh, all the way into adulthood. And we'll talk about a lot of different things. Uh, tomorrow night we might deal with uh, the way we talk. The way we talk. You know, you talk... Your speech makes your woman, sir. It makes your kids or it breaks them. And we'll talk about some of that. Amen. Because we can make a big difference in our home if we will speak what we need into existence. Amen. It's very important. It's, it's just so important. But tonight I want to get into, uh, what, just look, look, I'm just going to be Paul Sharp tonight. This is midweek and I'm going to build some people. And I'm hopefully going to drag some of you out of your place and make you greater. And I want you to do something for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And if you're a little complacent and you're a little bit uh, hesitant, I hope to just jar your world tonight. Because I think God wants to do more with you than just sit there and take a space up on a, on a seat. I believe God called you for more than that. I believe you're worth more than that. Amen. I believe you've got potential beyond what you know you've got. 
I know you've got potential beyond what you know you've got. And I know a God that can tap into it. Let's go to the book of Exodus. We're going to read a few scripture here before we get into the things I feel in my heart tonight. Exodus chapter 3, and I'm going to read 4 and 6, 4 through 6. I'm going to read these first out of the New King James, and I'm going to read you a few out of the King James. But in Exodus four, uh, 3 and 4, rather, 3 and 4 through 6, So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called unto him from the midst of of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Everybody say, Here I am. Here I am. Exodus 3 and 10 now, dropping to 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said, Who am I? Everybody say, Who am I? My, we changed directions in a hurry, didn't we? We really moved here. His whole attitude has flip-flopped. That I should bring, uh, that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he, God said, I will certainly be with you. Four and one of Exodus. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice. Four and ten. And Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Verse thirteen. And he said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomsoever else you may send. Amen. Now, I want to talk to us tonight. I don't think Moses is very far from every one of us here. I think he's being very human. And I think all of these emotions are common to man, common to you. And honestly, common to me. I want to talk about tonight from who am I to here I am. From who am I to here I am. Let's give God some glory together right now. Lord Jesus, we love you. We're asking that you would have your way for this next little while. Let the presence of the Lord minister in this place. God, we're opening our spirits. We're opening up our hearts to you, our minds. Asking you just to have your way with each one of us. Come on, church, do that right now. Open your spirit up. God, I want you to have your perfect way. I want you to speak your will into our life. Give us divine direction. I pray for that anointing to speak to every person in this place. Move, God, upon the hearts of your people. Elevate your people in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. It's a delight to be here with you. I appreciate the people of God. You are God's children. And um, and God is my boss, and you better treat the boss's kids good. And I know that you get in trouble if you don't. So you're the children of the living God, and God's hand is on you. And God has called you. Everybody say, I'm called. Amen. The only people going to heaven are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. Amen. You're all called of God. Everybody in here has got a call on your life. Yes, you do. Amen. The blessings of the Lord is on you. And God 
How many of you were excited when you got the Holy Ghost? Now, come on now. How many of you got thrilled when you felt God for the first time in your life? How many of you got delivered from darkness? I mean, you were in a pit of despair. God got a hold of you, picked you up, turned you around, and you never knew life could be so good. Amen. I tell you what, at that moment, you felt just like Moses at the burning bush. Here I am. Here I am. Then how many of you did God give a mission to? Now he changed when he got the mission. The call was exciting. Man, the call was exciting. We were all fired up over the call. But when God gives you a mission, now it suddenly changes our whole outlook. Man, the call's exciting. But wait a minute, God. Wait a minute. Who am I? Who am I? Now God, God answers him by not answering him. Who am I? God said, I will be with you. In other words, it's not who you are. It's who I am. It's irrelevant who you are. It's not even worth answering who you are. Who am I? God said, certainly I will be with you. Enough. That settles it. Not with Moses, though. Mm-mm, buddy. He's just getting started on his complaining, on his, all of his uh, excuses. Amen. And, and, he, and he, he hears the mission and he's overwhelmed. Can anybody here relate to that? Anybody here ever chickened out on witnessing? <laughs> Anybody here ever had God move on you to go talk to somebody and you said, who am I? And maybe it was somebody really, really high up and exalted. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness, God can never more do that. Let me tell you, God's got a way of working us over. I mean, he can work us over. Now, the, the, the problem here, and I, oh, I got so many things rolling through my head, I better get back over here. Just a little while anyway. Now, seeing that burning bush and hearing that voice of God, man, that's that, wow, that's a miracle, that's exciting. But, but when he gets the responsibility of what God wants to do with him, all of a sudden, there's something that takes a hold of him, and the mission is so different. It's, it's hard. And he says, who am I? I want you to know it's no different with every one of us. Everybody in this room, everybody on this platform has thought or said, it's come through their mind, who am I? God, you've got the wrong fella. You've got the wrong lady. You've got the wrong person here. I think you've, you've misjudged this, God. I wonder if you really know what you're doing. From the beginning, Moses was born and reared in Egypt, which is a type of the world. He was accustomed to slavery. Every person who steps out of this world into the church is passive at first. Yeah. 
Why? Well, it's a, what do I know about this? Come on, anybody relate to me? What do you know about this? What do you know about working for God? What do you know about the kingdom of God? Now, we don't grow too much out of that, I'm telling you. We always feel like, oh my goodness, it's bigger than me. But every person that steps into the church starts out passive. And the, the basic, fundamental characteristic of a slave is passivity. And every person, every person starts out that way. And Moses may not have been a slave, but he developed the mindset of a slave. He's passive here. He doesn't want to do anything. And if we continue this way, if he continues down this path, I want you to know he'll get nothing done for God. There's something that's got to get into everybody's heart. When God gets a hold of you, you cannot stay the same. You cannot stay the same. You cannot be the same person. God won't have it. God won't have it. He's got something better for you. Question is, is, is Moses going to make the change into this new man God's calling him to be? Will Moses change and will Moses decide that this people are my people. That this calling is my calling. That this new God, brand new God of the burning bush. This brand new God is my God. Now listen, you've got to come to a place tonight. And you've got to get to a place. Some, hear me now. When you step into this thing, something's got to change. Will you change? Will you get to the place to where this is your people? This is your church. This is your God. And you're going to sell out completely to whatever God's got for you. Or are you just going to stay the same? Are you just going to be the same? What are you going to do? Too many people are walking around saying, who am I? Let Joel do it. Let brother Joel do it. He knows how to do it. My goodness, he's, he's been raised by bishop. Who am I? I came out of slavery. It's always an excuse. 21st century Pentecostal leader has got to accept that God wants to change him. And whatever it is, I'm going into it. Amen. You know what? You've got to get liberated. You've got to get liberated from doubts. You've got to get liberated from fear. You know what Moses is doing? Moses is standing here and he's, he is looking at his uh, inability and comparing it to the responsibility. What God's got for him requires a lot of responsibility. And he's viewing it in line with his inability. And he's sizing himself up. And because of that, he's not going anywhere. Now listen to me. I want you to know a few things. Our potential in God is never going to be achieved unless we change. You're never going to get there. I'm telling you, God will do things to change you if you won't change. Because God will not leave us the same. 
He'll come into your life and turn it upside down if He's got to. In fact, that's what brought most of us into the church. But I want you to know it doesn't have to be that way. If I just decide, God, whatever you want, God, I'm going to go. I'm going to be all I can be. You're never going to reach potential without changing. You know what? You know what? Ideas are going to be unsettling. Ideas are going to shake you up. Preachers are going to shake you up. God's going to shake you up. The Word of God's going to shake you up. You're going to have to let people step into your life and make you feel uncomfortable because God's going to change you and we must be challenged. You know what? Life's not interesting if you don't have a challenge. You know, people that don't want challenged, I don't even know if they'll ever be saved. Living for God's a challenge. It's a challenge to overcome the enemy. It's a challenge to live for God through this life. It's going to be a challenge all your life. You may as well just get used to it. Amen. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just sit there? No, you're not either. No, you've got to go somewhere in God. And if we hold on to the familiar, we hold on to this familiar known that we have because of our insecurity, it's unnecessary. It's unproductive in the kingdom of God. It won't get you anywhere in the kingdom of God. But you're holding on to something that's familiar and God wants you to turn loose of that so you can grab on to the invisible, mysterious potential that's out there that God wants you to reach. God wants to grow you. There's no trophies given out for people that don't take risks. No, 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 no. Man, Backsliders Hall of Fame is full of people that wouldn't take a risk. You're going to have to take some risks. That's right. You're going to have to step out. You're going to have to, you're gonna have to put yourself uh, on the line, folks. Now... Our best potential is achieved through love. You hear me? Our best potential is always achieved through love. A lot of things can push you and drive you. Um, you can be motivated by money. You can be motivated by fame or power. You can be motivated by fear. But I'm telling you right now, people do what they love for no money. People will do what they love for no recognition. People will do what they love if it kills them. You better fall in love with this God. Fall in love with this church. Fall in love with this people. Fall in love with the Word of God. Fall in love with the things of God. And you're going to find that this difficulty of stepping out is a lot easier if you'll just fall in love with the things of God. Amen. Now, now, without liberating, you know what Moses is doing? Moses, Moses couldn't lead this people out of slavery, he, 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 this is mindset. Moses, he, you know, he's never going to do it if he doesn't make a choice. He's standing here now saying, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? As long as we have that mindset, we're not going to do anything for God. We're not going to accomplish anything for God. Now hear me, the devil will tell you, my goodness, your wife will tell you. Your husband will tell you. Your dad will tell you. Your mom will tell you. A lot of people will tell you you don't have what it takes. I'm telling you the world will tell you. But somebody's got to stop and say, wait a minute. God put his hand on my life. God's got his hand on my life. I believe with God I can.
Now that's what God told him. He, God simply said to him, I will be with you. I will be with you. Anybody here believe God's with him? You know what, brother, brother Stu? If God's with us, if God, if we really believe that, it's not about who we are. It's not about who am I. Amen. And, and, and Moses got to come to a place to where this one true God's his God and he believes he's with him so that he won't fear the wrath of Pharaoh as it says in Hebrews 11. And he'll be willing to suffer with the people of God. And he's got to make that choice, listen, to heal this thing within him. There's a problem in him. There's a problem down in here. And for him to be the miracle worker that God wants to make out of him, something's got to change inside here. Amen. You know what he wanted? He wanted a guarantee. He wanted warranty. He wanted signed contract. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you what, that ain't God. That's unbelief. That's unbelief's what that is. With God, it's all about faith. It's all about, come on, Abraham, you know, you don't know where you're going, and I'm not going to tell you where you're going, but just come on out. I'll make a great nation out of you. Now, I didn't tell him it'd be 25 years before he had his first kid. If he'd have said that, he'd have never came. But I'm telling you, he's got a plan. Somebody's got to step out in faith and just believe God. I want to guarantee. Yeah, it'd be real nice, wouldn't it? God, I'd just believe if I could see that. Now that's unbelief. That's unbelief. That's why Jesus refused to give a sign to the people that wanted a sign. He's not going to give it to you. There's a request for intimacy and closeness with God that, that uh, is more about guarantee than it is about love. Now, it's the truth. It's more about reward. We go after God, we don't realize it. Oh, I could talk about that, but I'm not going to spend the time. But we do it. We don't know our own heart sometimes. We don't know our own spirit. But it's got to be about love here. Now, the problem, and it's always going to be this way. It's always, it's God ordained that our ability will never match up to the responsibility. Now, it's always going to be this way. It's always going to be this way. This is how humility happens. God's ordained it to be this way. Our ability is never enough for the responsibility that God's calling us to do. It's never going to change. If you're going to wait on your abilities to match the responsibility, you're never going to be used by God. Because there's no faith in that. There's no trust in that. There's no, it's not about you. He said, I'll be with you. No man will ever measure up to the responsibilities that God can put into his life. Listen, got to throw some of this stuff out. We got to go somewhere in God. Amen. 
Amen. God called you. God has ordained that you should do this. Now listen here. Let me tell you what leadership is. Leadership is, is realizing my inability and looking at the responsibility and just stepping out in the gap and saying, okay, God, here I am. Here I am. What do I do next? What do I do next? It's making yourself vulnerable. It's putting yourself out there. Listen, you're just going to have to step out, walk up to that person and start witnessing to them. You're going to have to step into that Sunday school class or step into that ministry. Step into whatever God. Move in that direction. Make yourself available in the gap. That's scary. There's no guarantee. It's risky. What if I fell? Well, of course, what if you fell? That's what faith's all about. It's not about you. It's about God. He didn't say you had it, Moses. He didn't say it's about you, Moses. He just said, I'll be with you. Didn't he say that to us? That he'd be with us always, even to the end of the age? I'm telling you, God's with us tonight. He filled you with the Holy Ghost. You got more than Moses had. He baptized you with his spirit. Somebody needs to get up and realize God's with me. God's with me. Certainly God's with me. God will help me. Put yourself in the gap. Between your inability and that responsibility. Get yourself out there. Make yourself vulnerable. Amen. Make yourself vulnerable. I remember years and years ago. Now, you, you, listen, you all got pedigrees. You know, I know all of you are third, fourth, fifth generation Pentecost. You got, you got pedigree, Joel. You're blue ribbon. But let me tell you what. I'm junkyard dog. I'm not blue ribbon. My daddy was a professed atheist. My granddaddy was a professed atheist. Found out two weeks ago my dad got the Holy Ghost at 16 years old. He's been dead since 93. But you know, when you step out of what I stepped out of and you, and you find this God, it'll blow your mind. There's nothing greater. Nothing greater. I never look back. I want you to know when I bit into this thing, I, it was a bulldog bite. I'm in it to the end. I sold out. I went to church all that long, and, and I, I go to church to witness. I go, and nobody else shows up. I'm doing door knocking. I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking. I've, I've only been in the church about maybe ninety days. Not long. I'm green, buddy, but I'm on fire. I, I'm fasting many days a week. First year in the church. I read the Old Testament through three times, New Testament through 28 times. I, I, I couldn't even tell you how many days I fasted. Seeking God, after the things of God. I, I, I go, nobody shows up. I'm in there and I'm praying. I feel, Shekinah God comes in the room. Glory God fills that room. And I said, God, I don't know what you want me to do. God was speaking to me. I don't know what you want me to do, God. But I know you don't want me to go out on visitation. So Lord, I want to buy a camera. I'm going to go buy a camera. And, 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 and if you got anything you want me to do in the meantime, you just let me know. I get in my car and start driving. 
And I just start bawling as the Holy Ghost falls in the car. And in this turn, I drive down another road. I, I just, I, I make another mile around. And as I'm going down that road, the Holy Ghost says, turn in here. I whip into this house and it's a mansion. And I know what God wants me to do. Witness to him. This ain't fair. I'm 90 days old in the Lord. I, I, I've already learned. Brother Joel, I've already learned. If I think about it, I'll mess up. But I know what I'm talking about. And so I don't think. I get out, refuse to think, refuse to think, refuse to think, ring the doorbell. And then I think, oh my Lord, what did you just do? I stepped in the gap. Guy opens the door. Looks at me. Lo and behold, I know him. He's a lawyer. He's a high rolling lawyer. He's a lawyer that's got pictures of him with the president in his office. He's a, he, he goes to Acapulco on the weekends. He's got a live-in secretary and had five wives. He's a high roller. He, he does some of the biggest cases in the state of Oklahoma. Whoa, I better be careful. This is broadcast. Don't want anybody to know. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. He's already told the story. In fact, he told it on television. And so I, 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 you know, I go in, I'm going to talk to him. But when I get in there inside his house, my goodness, he's got all these people in there. Oh, God, this ain't fair. This is, I mean, I'm looking at these people and they all got, you know, martinis and, and hors d'oeuvres. And I miss the perfect environment to witness, right? And I, I think, oh God, no. Oh God, no. I'm thinking now, you make mistakes when you think, folks. I'm thinking now. And uh, he says, hey, come here. I want to show you something back in the other end of the house. And so I'm walking through the house. And as I'm going through the house, oh, no, no, no. He said, you go ahead and take them. I want to do this first. So he had somebody else leading me through the house back there. And then he's going to come back. But as I'm walking, the Holy Ghost said, he's going to ask you for something to eat if you want something to eat. And tell him, no, you're fasting. And it'll open the door. And I'm thinking, oh, my Lord. Wait a minute. That doesn't match Bible, God. That can't be right. You're not supposed to tell somebody when you're fat. I'll think myself right out of it, folks. And I'm, I'm, I'm walking down through here and all of a sudden uh, he yells out, Hey, Paul, you want something to eat? And I said, No thanks. Period. I felt worse than that, folks. You ever, you ever felt, buddy? You talk about low. Oh, I was bad. I knew I'd miss God bad. I, I, I was. I mean, I, I can't tell you how bad I was. Talked around a little bit. I left. I went. To, I, I repented. I cried. 
I repented. I beat myself up. I cried. I said, God, I'll do it. If it kills me, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I go back to his house the next night. He's not there. I go back the next night. He's not there. I go back the next night. He's not there. I'm going to go till I catch him. I don't care. I go back the next night. I catch him. I ring and, and guess what? I had prayed, please, God, let him be all alone. <laughs> he was all alone. I go in. I'm in the gap. I'm in the gap, folks. It's scary. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee when God asks you to do something. You just got to respond. You know what I'm talking about? There's no guarantees. I go in. I sit down with him. I said, uh, you know, I said, look, there's something I got to talk to you about. And I told him about me getting the Holy Ghost. I told him about, you know, this new, this new God I'd found, this new experience I'd found. And, uh, I, I said, I said, uh, I said, Mike, this is for you. And he looked at me and he said, you know, you're about the fourth person to pop out of the woodwork and start talking to me like this. And I said, Mike, this is the time your visitation. Jesus came to Israel and he gave them a visitation and they didn't respond and the judgment of God fell on them because they wouldn't respond. I said, Mike, don't miss this. This is the time of your visitation. 90 days old in the Lord and I'm prophesying doom on him. I, 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 you know, we talk a while. I spend about an hour there. I leave. I go out and I'm walking to the car. I said, well, God, I did it. I don't know if I did it good. I don't know if I did it bad. But bless God, I did it. Time goes by. I believe it was three years. Didn't know it. Didn't hear from him. Didn't see him. Don't know anything about him. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost starts dealing with me. Talk to Mike. I said, God, if this is you, uh, I'm going after him. I said, but I want to teach him Bible study. I felt like the Holy Ghost impressed on me. Teach him Bible study. So I'm going after him. I can't find him. Uh, I can't find him. I tried every way to find him. I couldn't find him. Not in the phone book. Nowhere. People that I knew that knew him couldn't find him. And I said, God, if you want me to talk to him, have him call me. I can't get a hold of him. I go to my dad's house. I run into my dad's house. I get a drink of water. I'm running out the door. Telephone rings. I pick it up like it's my own house. And guess who it is? Next day, by the way, after I prayed that prayer. Haven't seen him in three years. He said, hey, hey, this is Mike. You remember me? I said, yeah, I sure do. He said, you know, I got something I got to share with you. I was talking to my grandma last night. She said, have you talked to him? I, he said, no. And she said, why haven't you shared this with him? And he said, you know that day, you remember, he said, this is his words. You remember the day you come to my house and you prophesied judgment over me? And I said, well, I said, I, I remember coming to your house and I said, I don't think I remember it exactly like you remember it, but, and he said, he said, well, you, you did. You told me. He said, I didn't listen. He said, that week I got caught trying to bribe a juror in a murder trial. I lost my license. I lost a million dollars and I was in prison in a week. And and he said, I sat there thinking, you better not miss the time of your visitation. You better not miss the time of your visitation. And I said, now, Mike, let me tell you something. I said, I, 
I told the Lord yesterday to have Mike call me because the Lord wants me to give you a Bible study. He said, when do we start? I taught him Bible study. Actually, I made a mistake a while ago. He's on his fifth wife now. I taught him Bible study and, and Mike couldn't respond to that because of his marriage situation. I, I, as I was leaving, I gave him kind of, I guess you'd call it, I lowered the boom and I told him what he had to do. I really did. I, I wasn't, I wasn't cruel. I wasn't rude, but I was sure plain. And I, 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 I'm gone. Years go by. A couple years, three years go by. All of a sudden, here it is again. Holy Ghost hits me. Burden for Mike. Burden for him. I start praying for him, interceding for him. And I'm, I'm worried. Here's what I'm worried. Did I burn the bridge, God? Did I burn the bridge to this soul? Because I was. I was real strong with him. And then a backslider calls me up and says, Hey, do you know this guy named Mike Blank? And I said, I sure do. He said, well, he's on television right now talking about you. <laughs> this is not a good thing sometimes. And I said, like any good preacher would, I said, well, hang up the phone, watch and see what he says and call me back. <laughs> and so they did. And they called me back and they said, my goodness, he talked a lot about you. And I said, well, what did he say? He said, you prophesied over him. You told him what he ought to do. He didn't do it. You taught him a Bible study. And, and he didn't respond. But since then, he's received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And God has turned his life around. And he was on TVN testifying about a one God, his words, one God apostolic holiness preacher that prophesied to him. And I said, oh my goodness, he said that? Yeah, he said that. I said, what did, uh, I won't say his name, but the guy that runs TBM, what did, how did he respond to that? And she said, he said, we need some more of those one God apostolic Holy Ghost filled men that aren't afraid to reach out and reach for a man. It's about getting in the gap, folks. God can't use us. He can't use us if we stay over here and say, Who am I? We're never enough. We're never enough. The responsibility is always greater than our ability. Anybody around here like witnessing? Well, a few of you. Boy, I'm after all the rest of you. Sister, God used me more to talk to people. I, I, sta I stand inside a house one time looking out the window and there's a guy, there's a lineman working on pole way out there and God said, go witness to him. I said, all right. I went out and stood at the bottom of that pole and said, hey you, I need to talk to you. He said, just a minute. And he comes down the pole 
gets on the ground, I just start with, I said, man, you need the Holy Ghost. You ever got the Holy Ghost for? I start talking to that man. That man started tearing up. He said, I know this is God. I know this is God. I know this is God. He said, I gotta do something. I'm telling you, God, what, but if I'd have said, who am I? If I'd have said, who am I? I'm standing in another house one time, and I, I don't know, I guess windows and God and me got something common. I'm, I'm looking out the window, and there's a, there's a guy out there, he's, he's a mason, he's a stonemason, and he's cleaning out, he's working on a mixer. And I opened the window and I said, uh, and I had, I had already introduced myself to him earlier in the day. I said, hey, Clovis. His name's Clovis. Hey, Clovis. Now, if that doesn't sound like something out of a Lou Lamore book, buddy. And, and, and Clovis belonged in a Louis Lamore book. He was about six, two, three, lean, big old handlebar mustache, cowboy boots, and walked with a lope. Wore a cowboy hat. And, and let me tell you something else. Bad to the bone. And I ain't just kidding either. And he come swaggering up to the window, smoking a camel short cause sissies use filters. And he's smoking a camel short. And uh, he says, yeah. And I said, I want to tell you about me getting the Holy Ghost. And I just start witnessing to him. I, I just, man, I, I just lay it all out. And he never looks at me one time. He takes his last puff on that camel short, flips it on the ground, puts the toe of his boot in it, turns around, walks off. Swaggers off. And I laughed. I just laughed. It was funny. It really was. It was funny. The whole thing was funny. And, uh, you know, about, about three days later, I, I, I'm, I'm inside there, you know, got, got some work going on. And, and all of a sudden, this pickup truck comes flying up in the driveway, sliding broadside. I looked through the window, and I said, here comes Clovis. And he jumps out of that truck. He slams the front door of the house open and yells, where is he? My brother's in there and he said he's in the back room. <laughs> Clovis comes stomping back in there, looks at me and says, you don't know what you did to me. I said, I didn't do anything to you, I promise. He said, oh yes, you did. You don't know what you did to me. I said, what'd I do to you, Clovis? He said, you remember that stuff you told me? I said, yeah. He said, I went left mad. I went to the quick stop down there and got me a six pack of beer, a cold one. I'm driving down the road. I pop a beer and I think, you know, Clovis, what he said makes sense. You really ought to do something about your life. He said, I looked at that beer and slung it out the window. I looked at the other five. I picked them up and threw them out the window. I went home, opened the door and said, wife, we're going to church Sunday. She said, you're drunk. He said, no, it's one time I'm not drunk and we're going to church. He got the Holy Ghost. His boy got the Holy Ghost. His wife got the Holy Ghost. Somebody's got to get in the gap.
somebody's got to take a risk. Moses, you'll never see a miracle if you stay in that place you're at. You'll never deliver the people out of Egypt. You'll never win a soul. They'll all be lost. If you stay in your comfort zone saying, Who am I? Got to get out of it. Got to get out of it. Amen. 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 Well, God's done something to me now. I've seen too many of these things. I don't care what people look like. I don't care who they are. Doesn't doesn't bother me. You, you you big dudes, you don't bother me. You don't bother me in the least. I, I, I was preaching here a while back and have a big old boy. I mean big. Oh, man, this guy's a monster. And he's big this way too. And he's he just massive. And uh, African-American man. And he's sitting back. And I can tell his wife drug him in. Because he's all stowed up. And he's got a look on his face that'll like, I just, I want to beat everybody in this building up. You know what I mean? He's just got that look on his face. And I, and, uh, I, I, I take one look at him. I think he, he might be able to do it. You know, he's just, he's that big. And, and, uh, and I just look back at him and I, and I can't quit looking at him. And then the Holy Ghost says, go get him. I jump off that platform. I take off back there. You're, you're the party. Stand up. He's standing up worshiping. I get him like this. No. I did. And I said, you got to get rid of that pride. You got to humble yourself. You got to listen to your wife. And God will do miracles in your life. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. He'll turn your whole life around. I said, but your pride's holding you back. Now, am I going to get punched? You know what he did, brother? He started tearing up. He reached out and he grabbed me by the shoulders. And he said, you're right, preacher. You're right, preacher. Got a Bible study with him, taught him Bible study, his wife Bible study, got their Holy Ghost filled part of the church, and, and, and their boys are fine boys. And I want you to know if, if I stay here, I never see the miracle. If I stay in my comfort zone, unproductive, unnecessary. Comfort zone. Who am I? No. Here I am. Use me. Here I am. I'll do it, God. I'll do it. I'll step out. I'll put myself in the gap. If I fall on my face, I'll fall. But here I am, God. Use me. 
It wasn't until Moses took that attitude. Here I am. Here I am. He switched back around. All of a sudden he started seeing things he never dreamed he could see. I'll tell you what, Moses was afraid. But it was decision time. And you know what? You know, decision is, is uh, incision is to cut. Incision is to remove. And to decision is to cut off all the options. And when you make a decision, there's no other way for me. He made a decision. And buddy, it was the best decision he ever made. He cut off himself, the who am I. He cut off every option. He just decided this God's my God. This people's my people. And we've all got to do that. He must stand in the gap between inability and responsibility. He must cut off all the options and move on. And that's exactly what you've got to do too. That's exactly what you've got to do. Amen. The spiritual leader always perceives that he has less power than is needed for the responsibility. Always. And it must always be that way. It's God-ordained because that causes us to need God. And so quit thinking, well, if I learn enough, if I know enough, shh, give me a break. Nobody learns enough and knows enough. It's as unpredictable as what Moses' next move was. You never know what's going to happen when you walk up to a six foot six, 350 pound man, grab him by the head and start telling him he's full of pride. But if the Holy Ghost says go, he's with me. He's with me. He's with me. That's all that matters. God's with me. I don't have anything to be afraid of. Folks, you'll never have enough. We're not the reservoir. We're just the conduit. All we do is transmit the grace of God. We don't carry it. We don't produce it. We distribute it. It's not about us. It's about Him. But we're just letting God work through us. Some of you want to be a reservoir. God's not going to have it that way. He's the source. You're the channel. We're just channels of grace. And God wants to bless the channel too, you know. I mean, God wants to bless these people and God wants to use you to help somebody and use you to strengthen somebody, use you to minister to somebody. God wants to use you for somebody's good, but God wants to bless the channel too. God wants to bless your life while you bless. In fact, if you don't get blessed working for God, you're doing something wrong. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of Him that sent me my food. My sustenance is to do the will of Him that's... When we work for God, we get fed. When we do His will, it strengthens us. Amen. He 
men. How do you think the preacher makes it? How do you think a missionary makes it out on the field? As he works for God, he gets fed. God strengthens him. God blesses the channel. God wants to bless you. But as long as you stay here, in who am I, in your comfort zone, you're not going to see the miracles. You're not going to get fed. Amen. Amen. It's the law of God. Given it shall be given to you. Same measure you use it shall be measured to you. It's the law of the kingdom, you know. Those that give the most get the most. We sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. We sow liberally, we reap liberally. It's the law of the kingdom. If you'll step out, you'll grow. You hear me? If you'll step out, like Moses, we tend to measure our value by our resources, by our experiences, by our training, by our money, by our talent, by our education. God can and will use all these things. But if we depend on them, they're liabilities. That's why Paul said, most educated man in the New Testament. That's why Paul said, I count everything but dung. I count all that but dung. I mean, he used it. That's how he wrote those books to us. He used it, but he didn't depend on it. He knew his help came from above. He knew, I just get out in the gap and God does the rest. All I got to do is stand out here, get out of my comfort zone. All I got to do is just get out and put myself in a place where God can use me. And He will. You hear me? He will. Amen. Do you believe God will use you? You're never going to escape that. Your inability. You're never going to escape it. You got to step out of it. You got to move on. You're never going to escape your smallness. Yeah, one of mine was, my goodness, I didn't grow up in the church. What do I know about this? I saw guys like you and I thought, yeah, man, he's got, use him, God. He's got the advantage. I don't. Hello? Anybody here? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some of you think I'm too young. Some of you think I'm too old. Somebody think I don't know enough. I'm not educated enough. Who am I? Oh, let me walk it. Sorry, I ain't scared. Some of you think, well, I'm Oriental. They won't listen to me. Oh, no, look, I'm African American. They won't listen to me. Why would that white person listen to me? Well, why would that, that, that big black guy that's, that could whoop me with his little finger listen to me? Let me tell you something. You gotta get off your, all your problems and all your weakness. It just doesn't matter, folks. It just doesn't matter. I'm telling you, a sincere heart with the Holy Ghost can shake any foundation. 
God will use you. God will anoint you. You will see the glory of God. I challenge you. Just step out of your comfort zone and see. Buddy, my wife's good at that. My wife is. There's a guy in our church that um, very, very educated. He's a, he's a computer programmer, techie guy. Brilliant, brilliant. I gave him Bible study. Um, he's a thinker. Think, 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 think. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with being a thinker, but boy, I'll tell you what, you can overthink some things. If the Bible says it, just shut up and do it. And he'd think it, think it, think it, think it, think it, think it. Two years in the church, got the Holy Ghost, never has been baptized. Because he came out of a particular denomination that told him that he could, he never needed to do more than he'd ever done. And I had confronted him on the scripture so many times. I just forget it. And, uh, but my wife, my little wife, my little five foot two woman walks up to this guy every week. And I mean every week and says, why haven't you been baptized yet? What's going to happen if you're on your way home and you have a car wreck? And you're, are you going to go to heaven and say, well, Lord, and she, I mean, she did this stuff now. You're going to go to heaven and say, well, Lord, uh, um, I kind of thought. She said, ain't going to work. You, you need to get baptized. And now, I, I got this from him. Because last Sunday morning, he got baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> and he told me, he said, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I did it. He said, every Sunday, I knew your wife was going to be finding me and she's going to be down on me. I finally thought the only thing I can do to shut her up, the only way I can get her off my back is I got to get in that water. There's just something about it, folks. Let me tell you, put yourself out there. What's it really matter? I'm telling you, I want to be used by God. I want to be used by God. You... You're, you're worried. You say, oh, what if I say something wrong? My wife doesn't worry about that. Now, now listen, she's, she's Korean-American, speaks kind of broken English, and she doesn't give a rip what you think about her English or how she's going to put it to you. She's going to tell you. She is flat going to tell you. Amen. I, I heard Brother J.T. Pugh say one time, um, he said a, a, a um, highfalutin, I think he said it was the banker, came to the church and... and uh, uh, yes, it was the banker. And uh, he came to the church and he, he sat there and, and a and very ignorant farmer went up to him. Very ignorant farmer. Just a, just a clodbuster. And, and, and they're out in West Texas. And let me tell you what, things are a little different in Oklahoma and Texas. And uh, he comes, he comes loping up to the banker. And says, you want to go to the altar and pray? And the banker said, uh, no thank you, sir. I, I, I think I'd rather not this evening. And he said, well, go to hell then. <laughs> and you're worried about saying the wrong thing? That was on Sunday night. 
It's on Sunday night. Wednesday. Wednesday. Banker was in church. Banker hit the altar. Banker got the Holy Ghost. Banker talked to the pastors and said, you know what happened to me? And he told him the story about what the old clodbuster said. And, and he said, I, he said, I knew the guy was just, just a simple farmer. And he said, I knew that. He said, I went to my office the next morning and I sat at my desk and I thought, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> and, and he said, he said, I, I don't want to go to hell. He said, I've been thinking for three days, I don't want to go to hell. And he said, so I decided I had to do something about it. And you're, let me tell you, get in the gap. God can use anybody. God will use anybody. But you gotta put yourself in the gap. Would you stand with me tonight? Put the fear out. Put the who am I out. And realize God uses anybody. And God will use you. Amen. You know, the first time Moses walks into Pharaoh, you remember what God told him to do. He said, you do the stick trick. You tell him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. Do you know what he did when he walked in there the first time? He said, "Um, the God of the Hebrews. He didn't even say, thus saith the Lord. He didn't even acknowledge outright, he's my God. The God of the Hebrews has spoken to us. Now now listen to this. And let us go, we pray thee, three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest He fall on us with pestilence or the sword. Can you believe that? That is as far from what God said. God said, yeah, I'm going to cut you to pieces if you don't go. God's going to fall on us with a sword and cut us all up. Let me tell you what. He was, he was just getting started. He goes out. Nothing happened, of course. Pharaoh says, who's Yahweh that I should listen to him? He means be very honest. Who is he? I've, I've heard of my gods. I've never heard of that God. He leaves, gets him out of there, makes things worse on him. Moses cries and sobs to God, says everything, every, every, since I've come here, it's been worse. And God says, why didn't you do the stick thing? Why didn't you do what I told you to do? He said, go back. And this time, he's going to tell you, show us a miracle, and then do the stick thing. I mean, God's even helping him to do it. And so he does. He throws the rod down. You know the story. But the last time, Listen to this. The last time he goes in before Pharaoh. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight, I will go through the land, uh, I will go out 
into the midst of Egypt and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh. He's talking to Pharaoh. That sitteth upon the throne even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout the land of Egypt such as uh, there was none like it nor shall there be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel not a dog shall move his tongue against man or beast that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel and all these thy servants shall come down unto me and bow down themselves to me saying get thee out and all the people that follow thee and after that I will go out listen and he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. He's bold as a lion now. He's fearless in front of the king now. He's a totally different man. What changed him? Did God change him? No. You know what changed him? Stepping out. Getting out of his comfort zone. Getting in a place where God could use him. And he saw God use him. And he saw God use him again. And he saw God use him again. And he saw God use him again. And all of a sudden, this man so far from where he started out, let me tell you something about yourself. If you'll get out, if you'll just do it, you say, oh, I wish I was different. I'm telling you how to be different. I'm telling you how to change your world. I'm telling you how to make everything different. I'm telling you how to go where you've always wanted to go. Step out. God will use you. This altar's open. I'm praying. I'm praying right now for people to come and to step out into a new place. So you know somebody you need to witness to right now. You know somebody that God's moved on you to talk to. It's time to go after them. It's the best time to go after them. Easter's right around the corner. They'll come to church now when they won't come a lot of times. It's the best time to witness. Come on, this is it. Let's go after them. Let's reach out. Let's get out of our comfort zone. Somebody, somebody step out.
Spirit calling you to go. Walked on through the door. Lord will go before you. Bishop can correct the bishop can correct me if I'm wrong. Brother Sharp, if, if if I'm wrong in this, but I don't believe you've been watching every service that's been taking place here. A little zero, he said zero. If this wasn't a word from the Lord tonight, we need to wake you up. Because the Lord has been using we Brother Dora has been using Brother Morgan to speak about these things, but Brother Sharp brought it down to a practical, straightforward application. It's almost like in one one forty-five minute teaching session, he wrapped up four months of what Brother Morgan has been preaching across this pulpit folks we can talk about that number we can talk about 5,000 we can talk about 10,000 we can talk about 100,000 and I know Brother Morgan said Sunday night that we're believing that people would drive by and would stop but all 100,000 aren't going to stop on the road it's going to come from you and me doing what the man of God said tonight being willing to step out of the boat and be used of God. And God is, is, is desperate, desperate for His promises to come to pass. But He's just looking for somebody that will grab a hold of it and do what the man of God spoke to tonight. The Bible says, I believe, therefore have I spoken. So the first thing we do with our faith as we speak it. But James says, faith without works is dead. 
We can come down tonight, and I appreciate every one of you responded. And you came down here and you professed, Lord, I want to do what the man of God has done. But if you get in your car and you go about your business and nothing changes, then all that we've done tonight is just fill in a religious time slot in your week. But if you take this, and if you've got to listen to it for the next week until it gets in your spirit and challenge you. I was, I gotta, I'll be honest with you tonight, I was challenged. Because I, I've been in those situations, just like he said, where I felt the unction of the Holy Ghost. And my initial reaction was, but Lord, you know, come on. You know the world we're living in right now. Nobody wants to hear a Christian, some crazy, especially some crazy Pentecostal, talking about speaking in some other language. I gotta, I gotta do some repenting because I, I, I know I've missed some opportunities. But tonight I'm determined. And hopefully you are too, Lord. If you speak it, I'm going to do it. We often hear about the bishop and he tells and he tells his stories about Brother Libby and all the people that God used him to win. But also, he doesn't tell about the doors that slammed in his face. About the doors he went into that he felt led of the Holy Ghost. And there was no, there was no fruit that was, was come from that in the moment. But he kept trying. There, no one in here that has ever won. We talked about this a couple months ago when we did the soul winning thing. There's not one person in here that's ever won a soul that hasn't had to do some adjusting. I'll put it that way. So the Lord, and I say this with, with all sincerity, the bishop can, can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Lord is challenging us as a church. Church. We talk about all the revivals of the past and all that. I know we're not supposed to dwell on that, but you know why those revivals happened? Because the people that were a part of this body were as radical outside of this building as they were on the inside of this building. They were as much on fire outside as in the fire. And you know what? I said it before. It's nice. This is a great facility. It's, we can get comfortable thinking, man, this is why mess up a good thing. But God is desperate desperate so we've prayed about it and i'm not trying to belabor the point but we've prayed about it you've said lord i've heard your word tonight help me but let's go and do it let's go and do it and you know what i'm not i'm not in charge but if my recommendation is we need to watch this every thursday night for the next six weeks until somebody starts getting the message God is desperate. He, he sent a man here for four months to preach a, preach a message. And he sent another man to preach the same exact thing. God is trying to get our attention. Can we just lift our hands one more time and say, Lord, thank you for speaking to me. Let this word be, be buried into the soil of my heart tonight. Let it be buried in the soil of my heart tonight. Let my prayer water it. Because God, more than anything, Lord, I want there to be fruit in my life. I don't want to be fruitless anymore, God. I'm tired of having a barren womb. Lord, give me children lest I die. Give me fruit lest I die. God, that's my prayer tonight. Give me fruit lest I die. God, whatever you've got to shake up in me, whatever you've got to do to me, don't let me be fruitless don't let me be barren. God, if you've got to break me of my pride, break my pride. But God, I want to be fruitful in your kingdom. I want to be fruitful in your kingdom. In Jesus' name.
in Jesus' name. Can we thank the Lord one more time? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Sharp, thank you for being sensitive to the Holy Ghost, for obeying God, speaking to us tonight. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I encourage you. He said it. It's true. We're in a perfect season. This is a perfect season. Get somebody to church. Easter. I know it's a couple weeks away. It doesn't mean you have to wait till then, but that's a perfect opportunity. You don't even need to know Scripture to invite somebody to church on Easter. Get somebody in here and see what God will do. God bless you.